0: Your mum? Who's your mum? Really? This is Nigel Short, and you're listening to The Full English
1: Breakfast with Lawrence Trent and Stephen Gordon.
2: This is episode number 17 of The Full English Breakfast. I'm Macaulay Peterson. And our first semi-monthly show, not bi-monthly, mind you, we didn't mean to scare the loyal listeners there. We're back in short order, and we've got 60 seconds with Matthew Sadler, news from Vaikanzai and Gibraltar. We talk to women's world champion Ho Yi Fan and have a look at your Grandmaster cocktail recipes. With International Master Lawrence Trent and Grandmaster Stephen Gordon. First, of course, it's time for Pub Talk.
0: What's been dominating my Pub Talk this week? The England football scandals, where we've had our captain, who's allegedly a racist. We've had the manager, who's now resigned, etc. And it's been a whole... But, for my chess-playing friends, who aren't so interested in football, the thing that I've been talking about is the amount of 2,700 players... There exists in the world, and I was having a chat with him, and I was saying, is it now time to have a separate title for Super Grandmaster? Is it now time? Are we diluting the Grandmaster title? And Steve, you are one of them, and um, you know, I was just looking at the list today, and our very own Lukey J, who's an amateur chess player, at the moment is 27.01 on the live rating list. Oh, nice. That's an incredible rating, right? yeah yeah
1: that's awesome so
0: what do you think steve do you think it's now time well i
1: certainly feel when i say to someone oh yeah i'm a grandmaster and they're like well is that the best thing you can become the answer shouldn't be yes for me because all right yeah i'm i've got the same title as magnus Carlsen, but there's a massive difference between what i can do with the chess pieces and what he can do so, there may be some argument towards, um, you know, giving these guys who reach a certain rating. Maybe reach the top 100, some kind of elite grandmaster title. It's difficult to say, really. I mean, where do you put the boundary? It's so hard to say. I've got a rating just over the 2,500 barrier. And that puts me at
0: about, I don't know, five or 600 in the world. I think there is a genuine claim for there to be a super grandmaster title. Well, I don't know exactly how you would... Phrase it. Anybody, for example, I think there was a suggestion out there that if you perform at over 2,700 and then establish a rating of over 2,600, you get Super Grandmaster. But maybe 2,600 is a bit low. Maybe it should just be if you are 2,700, you get Super Grandmaster.
2: I'm in favor. I've been in favor of the idea for a while. There is a question of what do you call it, though? I mean, you know, Grandmaster is such a... A revered title it's been around so long do you go extreme gm i mean it should have a nice no no
1: no super grandmaster sgm super grandmaster but is it
0: abbreviated sgm yeah why not
1: sgm super grandmaster get them a cape if they want one
0: yeah that sounds like a good idea (laughs) make them have to fly into the venues to play chess do do what you got to do but i think super grandmaster works okay well moving on stevie what are you talking about at the pub this week
1: I wonder, and it, it links into something we're going to talk a little about later in the show, but... Talk to us. I wonder, could could we ever see a women's world champion? Overall,
0: ever. Wow. That's a great topic. We could talk about this for hours. Yeah,
1: I know. This this debate, it could be endless. It's
0: ladled with controversy. Ladled, I tell you. But go you. on. What do you think, guys?
2: Because, you know, we're really afraid of controversy on this Yeah,
0: show. Oh, yeah, we hate that. Um, <laughs> I think... We won't I think there is still a gap that hasn't been filled by a woman, and I know Judith has obviously done amazingly well and is an absolutely fantastic player and and certainly an elite player and super grandmaster how you fan we're going we're going to speak about her in a bit and and clearly she's got a very bright future, but to get to that twenty eight fifty level I, I don't know I mean there isn't really any biological reason why a woman can't but there's something inside me that just tells me there's something missing. It could be possible. I mean, we we could be talking
1: in a hundred years' time, something like I don't I don't really know. But the game might be exhausted by that time. I don't know. Maybe maybe my pub talk. Maybe I shouldn't be bringing this to the pub because no, it's uh, a great pub. It dominate the evening, wouldn't it? It I would mean, do.
2: I think we have to wait for cocktails, and then we can really get into it.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: Well, I'm gonna say that we will because I think the game is gonna be around for a long time. And that gives plenty of women the chance. Okay.
0: That's so modern of you. we got a balanced podcast, people. That's great. (laughs) All right.
2: Well, let's check the news. And, of course, two major events occurring in January... Uh, The first one, which we touched on briefly in our last episode, was the Tata Steel Chess Tournament in Vaikanze. We talked with Hikaru Nakamura, winner of last year, but this year it was all Aronian. it seemed.
1: What do you think of the way he plays? I'm really quite impressed by his approach, because with the black pieces he was just saying, he was saying to his opponents, I'm staying solid, I'm going to play the openings I trust. If you want to beat me, you're going to have to take some risks. And he was picking up a lot of points in his black games. And yeah, I mean, he's always putting the pressure on with white. I just thought it was very consistent. One round that went wrong. I mean, he lost one of his whites to Navarra. It could have been a very convincing tournament victory if he hadn't had that but overall yeah he just looks like the real deal and i mean he's he's getting close to Magnus's rating he's got to really be close he's Ooh. getting
0: close he's touching he's touching now on the live list he's only about 9 points behind i was just so impressed with him i i, I actually um commentated on on one of the rounds so it was actually the penultimate round was that the girlfriend game yeah it was the girlfriend game which was an unbelievable game yeah, yeah. and and what impresses me about lev is that he is out of the elite players he can put the psychological pressure on you as equally as much as Carlson, and and definitely more than everybody else he'll probably hate me for saying this but he can almost bluff his way because there were a few moves he made in that game and for example there was one where he just gave up a pawn I think the pawn was uh, it could have been taken on c6 he carried such a confidence with it that (laughs) Gilvan do do you remember that where Gilvan could have taken his pawn and there are a number of other occasions in that and he just keeps he keeps a dynamism in the positions and he just psychologically defeats these guys. They trust him. They trust that you They know, trust him, don't they? they I mean do. this
1: this opening line it looked like Gelfand just had an awesome opening. Oh yeah. And yeah. It should have been should have been doing fantastic. But I don't know if you saw the um the video commentary that he did afterwards, you know, he went in and said for the most part of the game they didn't know which player was going for the win. I mean it's just it's just he's such a fighter. Top level chess at the minute they come up with some absolutely fantastic games. Yeah. There was a worry a few years ago about too many draws, but I don't feel like that's that's a big problem anymore.
2: Well, I thought one of the big surprises of the tournament was Fabiano Caruana actually yeah. coming in second, tied with Carlson. Correct. It was a real uh, breakout for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, not only that, but he's just he's he's playing in Aeroflot as we speak, and I had a look at the live ratings. This is a kid that, as of today, has got a live rating of just under 2770, number seven in the world. I mean, that's a huge rating. Um, it's massive, isn't uh, it? I didn't realize he was that high. 2770. I mean, this is yeah. a mo- monstrous rating, and his tournament there was absolutely fantastic i like, he came as you said equal second with rajabov and carlson i think he only lost one game to to aronian if i remember correctly and he is just a phenomenal talent there's just no question about it i remember when we saw him a few years ago in in kap dagda in in the in the uh, the rapid play um that was the first time i'd ever seen him live and he's just so concentrated on the game from what i you know he's a nice lad from the interviews he's got a good a good head on his shoulders and he's, he's going places. I mean, I would be very surprised if he wasn't challenging... For top spots, because how young is he? I mean, he's only 20.
2: 20? He'll be turning 20 in July. Oh my god, he's not even
0: 20. This is what I'm saying. I mean, that is ridiculous.
2: He had a very slow and steady climb, yeah. And uh, there's nothing
0: wrong with that,
2: as you said. Now, busting into the top 10 for the first time, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can hold that position.
0: Suddenly, he's He's not far away from top five in the world.
2: Let's uh, just quickly, uh, checking the B group, Krishna won with a very nice score of nine points, so he'll be advancing to the A group. And the story that we talked about uh, heading into Vikings A was in the C group with the return of Matthew Sadler to a serious competition. Didn't quite work out for him. A tie for fifth place with seven points, well back of the winner, Maxim Turov. I'd never met him before, but I did have a chance to chat with him as the tournament got underway, so we'll spend 60 seconds with Matthew Sadler and find out a little bit more about this
3: glorified hobby of his. You almost could have played in the B group but I guess they couldn't offer you that because it was full? And yeah it was already full and um, and when, when they were putting together the tournament I hadn't really started playing seriously just a few weekend tournaments so uh, but yeah I mean they, they, they said you know we'd like to play the C and I just thought yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that'd be really nice. I'm so glad I came actually because uh, you know I was uh, sometime I suddenly started thinking oh god you know two and a half weeks holiday and uh, in Holland in winter you know is that really what I should be doing but I'm so glad because uh, you know the atmosphere is fantastic here and uh, I just was walking around the tournament hall this morning and uh, seeing the the row of top players, and then you know, just uh, thinking, "Cool, you know," and I've got my place there as well. You know, it's really nice, really nice feeling. It's going to be a really good holiday.
2: Well, the biggest prize for the C group is a ticket to the B group. You're still saying this is a hobby, but then you could play the B, playing the B group next year, ticket to the A group maybe. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, that's, it's got it's, it's mixed feelings about it. It's a sort of in, in a way, it's a sort of an ideal scenario. On the other hand, I'm sort of thinking, God, you know, I was looking at the um, at, uh, the drawing of lots uh, yesterday, you know, and, and seeing the, the first round pairings, and I was thinking, God, you know, starting slowly in that tournament is just not an option. You know, it's just so strong. So, yeah, I mean, i have to do masses of work if I ever wanted to, to, to play a tournament of that strength. So, I'm not sure really. I, th- I think uh, I mean, it's sort of a sort of a dream scenario, but on the other hand, it could be a nightmare as well. So, I think I should. Just be happy with uh, you know with with playing just uh, good chess in uh, in reasonable strength tournaments. And if I ever get the chance to do something great, then that's that's wonderful. But uh, I think this is my uh, my level at the moment.
2: Well, and I suppose coming back after a long break, you were slow to get going initially back into the career. And yet, after a couple of very big tournament wins, now you feel like you're
3: you're ready to play some serious chess. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm uh, it's 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 definitely I definitely see the difference between now and uh, seven eight months ago. Basically, I've got a lot more chess under my belt, and uh, it just feels a lot more natural. Whereas before. It was really, uh, you know, just seeing the, the pieces. It was, oh, hello, old friends. You know, how are you again? So, uh, no, I'm, I'm a lot more into chess at, uh, at the moment. So you think of the pieces as old friends? Yeah, they're great friends. Well, when they're doing what I want them to do.
0: <laughs>
3: it's true, that, isn't it?
1: It is true, yeah. They are good friends when they're doing what you want them to. What a
0: nice guy, though, huh? I mean, it
1: 's uh, lovely. I've uh, never actually met Matthew Sadler. Um, seems like a really nice guy. I remember
0: uh, years ago when I was starting out, I actually... I think it was the British Championships. I actually did the demo boards when I was an eager youth uh, for uh, Matthew versus I think it was Nigel Short or Mickey when he was fighting out for a, a, it was in about ninety ninety six or something like that. So, but yeah, I never 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 got the chance after he retired from chess to meet him. But he sounds sounds like a nice guy. Unfortunately, the all didn't go his way. As we saw, what did you
2: think of his play from what you saw? He
0: struggled to get
1: into a rhythm at the start of the tournament. I mean, it's, I've had tournaments where you're drawing games against lower-rated opposition, and it's so frustrating. And uh, I've, if you get two or three of these draws in a row, it—it it just the frustration builds up. It can be difficult to build your confidence. And looking at his score, out of the 13 games, he's had three decisive results, 10 draws, I think that'll be the thing that he's most unhappy about. But to be fair, it's it's his, it's his first time back in a closed tournament. It's a different challenge, a closed tournament, to playing in an Open. In an Open, you you can be a bit more aggressive and um, preparation counts for less. I mean, all these guys have gone into the tournament knowing who they're getting. Um, I noticed that Sadler was uh, swapping and changing his openings about, whether that's because he's not too confident in preparation because... He's not had as much chance to prepare because he's not playing professionally or what, but it just felt like, uh, yeah, really struggling to get the rhythm, but I don't think his performance is a good indication of his, his level at the moment. You know, he's, he's definitely underperformed in that yeah, way.
0: Yeah, I think he really did struggle. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think his rhythm, he didn't, get, he didn't get those wins under his belt that he needed, I think, to excel. Unlike Turov, who just was a, a monster. In this tournament, I mean he was just bashing people up he he really racked up win after win, and ticken as well Hans tickenen had a great tournament i mean yeah, he was just yeah. bashing people up i mean as they well. were
1: they were just putting up wins against all the tail enders and being solid against the um the guys who were challenging for the top spots i mean that's that's what you need to do in a tournament where there's a massive range of ratings you've you've got to be putting away the tail enders.
2: Well, speaking of old friends, I missed you guys down in Gibraltar where we all met three years ago.
0: I know, huh? What a shame. The memories. Wow. Great memories.
2: (laughs) It was was a great event. We had some excellent live commentary with Grandmaster Simon Williams, Ginger GM, which I highly recommend you all check out the replay on GibraltarChessCongress.com. But the story was, well, it was a dual story. Of course, Nigel Short winning, and uh, you can read all about that in my New in Chess article coming out soon. But in a way, the the show was stolen by the young 17-year-old women's world champion, Ho Yifan. The way that she was putting away those 2,700 GMs really makes you rethink women's chess a little bit. Oh,
1: it was something else, wasn't it? I mean, The thing that impressed me most in the tournament is she's put this string of wins together, she took down Polgar, and then she's got Black against Shirov. What do you do with Black against Shirov? Well, she's she's coming into the penultimate round of the tournament and decides, look, I'm going to go for it here, there is nothing to lose. Takes Shirov in the sharpest lining the night off, a poison pawn, and just the game looked awesome. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, there's room for analysis and whatnot, but just the the attitude towards playing a game like that and just to take Shirov down with the black pieces in the penultimate round, what guts to go in there and do that. I just thought it was awesome.
0: She was incredible. And uh, the great thing about her, is she's so humble and unassuming as well. It's almost like... You're lured into a false sense of security with her because you sit down with her and you're like, "Well, she's only a she's a 17 year old girl, you know." She, uh, you know, if you're a 2700, you sort go in there and she just bashed him up. I mean, she she took she <laughs> took him apart. I mean, it wasn't just him. I mean, she bashed she bashed up Polgar. I mean, well, she, I'll tell
1: you what. It, to me, it looked like she was very unlucky to um, only come away with half a point against Mamajarov oh, in the last oh, game. Oh,
0: oh, huge!
1: I thought she was going to do it. I thought yeah. she was just going to win her like a. Would it be the fifth game in a row? She probably to, was, to close, to yeah.
0: she was probably yeah. close to winning. She uh, yeah. was probably close to winning. Mamageiro is a tricky customer, but I think
1: he did very well to hold that. Yeah. I, I would have. I would have gone down. Yeah, definitely. Position.
0: So she was incredible. I mean, what a res- what a result for her. I mean, that's probably that's probably her best tournament ever. I mean, even though she's women's world champion, I, I don't think she she will be able to compare. That with with such a massive performance against the elite, obviously in the playoff, I don't know if you got a chance to see the playoff. I think Nigel's experience shone through in the playoff, and I think Nigel actually plays just a lot more blitz chess right, yeah. than, than Ho does, and um, he adjusted a lot better to that. But um, despite the playoff, and and let's face it, um, we we haven't really said much for Nigel, but Nigel had an absolutely brilliant tournament as well. We mustn't forget that. Do you know what I thought?
1: In in the last round, that is the Nigel Short that we want to see. He really went in there and he took the initiative and he played a risky opening, but he went all out for it. And that is, that is Short with confidence. I mean, look at the way we've seen him play in London when yeah. he's had the black pieces against yeah. these top guys. He's gone solid, a bit passive, and he doesn't do himself justice like that. And I thought it was great that he just went in and he really had a go in the last round. Fully deserved to to get his his joint first place with that one.
0: I think do you know one big thing for me. I think Stephen his openings. If you look at what he was playing, mainline locuses, He was playing yeah, uh, some yeah. decent Frenches. I I you know he was playing the more standard stuff, and he wasn't afraid because you know against these ultra elite players the 2800s I think he's really worried about their preparation but it just goes to show that if you do play some half decent line when he gets into a position he is a, one of the best players in the world there's absolutely no doubt about that that's it I think, but uh, he
1: needs a position he wants a fine line with some of his openings I mean I'm sure that uh, <laughs> he'd dis- he disagree in, in some regard but yeah I mean I'm I'm most worried about playing Nigel Short when he's when he's playing a mainline opening and getting uh, getting a safe position because that's when he's going to go to work. Um, and he, he was just able to, to do that throughout the tournament.
2: Well, I had a nice chat with Nigel in his hotel suite for New Nguyen Chess. You can read about that this month. But the subject of our interview segment, here was Ho Yifan in Gibraltar after her big win. I mean, when you find yourself facing all of these 2,700 players, mm-hmm, yeah. many of the tournaments that you play in, you, you wouldn't even have the opportunity to play 6, six 2,700, 7, 2,700 players. Yeah. Do you feel like you you have something to prove? Like you want to show your strength, in a way?
4: Well, I'm very glad that I can play I mean, many very strong grandmasters in this tournament. And I just... Uh, want to learn from them you know to play with them and uh, especially play with Judith. i never played with her before and uh, i thought uh, i will not have so many this kind of chances to play with her and i just want to play with them and i can learn things from them so it's okay so i don't want to something as you say to prove myself that i can beat them or something like that I think it's more important than the results, for example, some game. I mean, although you won, but you won by luck, not by your, I mean, truly level.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 2872 performance rating, that's a pretty big number.
4: Oh, well, yeah, this time I played very well, but it's only, you know, only a tournament, not like your real rating or something else.
2: You're not overnight now... Uh, <laughs> Joining the 2800 club with Magnus and. Herodian. Yeah,
4: still have a long, long way and uh, not in the same level have a long distance. Well,
2: But you'll, will you get to celebrate this uh, for a while or do you? You don't fly off to Aeroflot, I hope. No. <laughs> like Nicole. I, I know, know Lee is oh. flying the play the third he time wrote. at Aeroflot.
4: Really? He yeah. will come to Airflot? Yeah. <laughs> oh, how tired he was. <laughs> I know, I was
2: surprised, but you know, I guess he wants to win a third time and go to Dortmund.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right.
2: And as for you,
4: uh, what, what are your plans? I will back to my home and have some rest and maybe go some place to travel, nothing else. I never play in Grand Prix in May mm-hmm. in Kazan And before that, I still didn't decide any plans.
2: So when you go, when you say you go have some rest and travel, do you have like a vacation home or some place you yeah, go? Yeah, like
4: a vacation. Just so you know, usually I like to go other some new place to mm-hmm. travel and to see the different cultures. So
2: do you have a, a trip scheduled to I don't know?
4: Yeah, maybe some trip scheduled to somewhere. To
2: Malaysia or something or what?
4: Well, Malaysia already been. So maybe some some place else. I still didn't decide.
2: What part of the world do you like to travel in?
4: Mm, many places I never go, and I like to go. For example, like uh, okay, some places very close to China. For example, the Hong, um, Hong Kong is belong China. Okay, okay. Hong Kong and uh, Taiwan, and uh, Korea, Japan, and some you know North European countries like Norway, like. Uh, Mm, Sweden, like Have uh, you been those, no, no all yet. all all the places I said I never been.
2: Well, maybe wait till it's a little warmer <laughs> for Norway and Sweden. <laughs> it's pretty cold there too. But
4: oh you know. yeah, wait waiting the summer to go <laughs> yeah, there. then it's
2: the time. But then um, you gotta watch out for mosquitoes.
4: Mosquitoes. <laughs> you know, bite you. oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I see. In, Norway, in China, there are also so many mosquitoes. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible, especially in summer, you know. We have, when we are asleep, we have to use, use that one, you know. A net. Yeah, to stop the mosquitoes coming.
2: Yeah, well, I've only been to, uh, to Nanjing and mm-hmm. Shanghai. Not so many mosquitoes in the big cities. Maybe. The
4: big city you have, but if you live in a hotel, it's better. And if you live in a house, and especially your house is lower, it's, for example, first, second, third floor, it's more mosquitoes. Yeah. If you live more than 14, so it will be much better.
2: Right. Have you ever been to New York?
4: No, i never been US, America. Not
2: at all. No. Yeah.
4: I hope that I will have a chance in the future.
2: One last thing. We had kind of a running joke with Simon that Simon is very bad at pronouncing names. He's horrible. Even relatively easy names like Sergei Movsesyan. Uh It's not so difficult. But I was constantly having to correct him. (laughs) Okay. But I also, on the podcast, when I'm referring to players, I like to try to pronounce their name as close as I can to to, to how it's actually pronounced Uh in their language. So I wonder if you would just... Pronounce your name properly for me.
4: Okay, so my name is Hou Yifan.
2: Someone told me online that it's it's like ho in English, as in the word hose, but like there was a question mark at the end, so it goes up a little bit.
4: Yeah, ho ho yeah, Hou Yifan, Yifan, Yifan. You know the e, just like for example. The fourth tune. You know, uh-huh. the English only have two tune. For example, the normal and the question. But in China, they have four different tune. So the e is like a, should it be more e, fan. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. So not so much a y like a like a y sound.
4: And for example, if you say the e is like e, but you say e,
2: e. So it's a little yeah. sharper. Maybe.
4: Yeah, 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 sharp. Okay. E fan.
2: Once more, and I'll try to repeat it.
4: Uh-huh. Hou Yi fan. Ho right? E Ho and a Fan is like a question too, you know. Ho and a Fan. Ho E Fan.
2: Ho E Fan.
4: Yeah, right. Very correct. Wow. Yeah, your pronunciation is very nice.
2: Glad that she could set me straight. It's not who, it's not ho as in Thundercats ho, but it's ho.
1: Well, there you go. So there we go. Ho E Is
0: that right? More or less. We'll take that, I think. That.
1: <laughs> okay, okay.
0: What a nice girl. I mean, I, I can't wait for her to get a lot better. And, and but what a
1: good attitude to improving to just say, uh, you know, it's, it's not really about the results, it's about the learning and getting experience against these guys. I think if we all have that attitude, then we'd probably all be closer to
0: reaching our full potential than we are. She was extremely humble in that, about, and I think she's got a really bright future, I really do. She's a fantastic talent.
2: Well, before we leave off this new and improved, more regular version of the Full English Breakfast, we have to, have to check in with our Facebook page, where I threw out a question in the middle of Gibraltar and was overwhelmed with the number of thoughtful and funny responses. And that was, I wanted to come up with a cocktail, with a drink, based on a famous Grandmaster name. So we got a whole bunch of responses. You've got to go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the FEB to check it out. But uh, well, what were, what were some of your favourites?
0: I actually had a lot of laughs with this. There were so many good suggestions about these Grandmaster cocktails. I, I know, Steve, you've got a favourite, haven't you?
1: I'm loving the fact that someone's invented the Stevie. Um... I'm just. I'm really happy about that. I'm gutted. I'm, I'm just
0: devastated. I'm devastated about that. What's get, going on there? I get a
1: Stevie. You don't get a Trinity. I didn't get anything. I get a Stevie. It's a um, a very cheeky shot of Gordon's Gin. The only bit I'm unsure about is this next bit, with a very very small slice of very old ham and ginger beer.
2: You know, they're putting a ham in everything these days. Are they? Some people say, you know, bacon improves the taste of everything. Okay.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, I'm learning. I think that everybody's put such a great effort into this. Um, I did
1: like a few of uh, John Saunders' suggestions. Yeah. got
0: sacks on the beach. (laughs) Chukiri. That's quite good. Instead of daiquiri, I like that one with uh, Chucky. What was so brilliant is several of these came with recipes. I mean, you mentioned
2: the Stevie, but... You know, even our new celebrity Ho Yifan got her own drink, the Ho Jin Fan. Gin tonic plus some cranberry juice to make it sweeter and water down a bit. It's a cocktail for young talents. That's brilliant. That's
0: fantastic.
2: <laughs> I mean, this is great. Maybe
0: we've found a niche here, guys. Maybe we could start our own cocktail bar at chess congresses and tournaments.
2: At the very least, when we go uh, for a pub talk uh, in person sometime, we've got to let them actually make some of these. The Copa Cabana Capablanca. This is serious. Five parts Cuban rum. This is very well thought out. Two parts crystal clear intuition. Oh, that's beautiful. Two parts mango. And a splash of suave Latin mojo. But it must be drunk immediately or not at all. And it should be the last drink of the evening because naturally it's the strongest at the ending stage.
0: I mean, that's a guy... I, that was by Patrick, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, he's really put some part into that. that. Is
0: bu- I mean, that is brilliant. So, well done to Patrick.
2: And let's not forget our winner of Gibraltar, the Short Island Iced Tea, tequila, vodka, rum, gin, and Earl Grey, served in a shot glass. That's my favourite part. <laughs> What's this Earl Grey about? Just to make it English, or don't know. Just to make it a little posh. Okay, some of them sound a little dubious. The Creme Nicolata in particular. Not sure about that one. At least I'm not going to be trying that anytime soon. But, there's lots more to choose from. Check it out on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash FEB.
0: Yeah, and keep on contributing, guys, because we're going to be doing more of these things. It was really good.
2: Well, that's about all the time we have, but uh, can we do this again in two weeks, is the question, to make it semi-monthly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm game. We'll have the results from Aeroflot, so let's let's book it in for two weeks' time. Keep
2: in touch between shows, and don't forget to visit our website at www.thefeb.com to subscribe to the podcast, so you'll get it automatically every month. That's the best way.
0: We should have a Valentine's Day-themed question, surely.
2: Definitely. But that's
0: what we've got to do. We've got to do something... We're, we're Which gonna... chess player would you send
1: your Valentine's card to?
0: Oh! And why? And why? Who would you send your Valentine's Day card to, and Why? Who's the hot stuff in chess? You'd be getting mine, mate. Aw. I think my mum listens occasionally. Hello, mum.